Chris, it's fun for me in this moment to think about the fact that the listener already knows what we're going to rank and we don't. No, I never thought about that. I had never thought about that either, like the sense that they've seen the episode title when they've clicked, whereas we are still in the moment of being about to decide it. It's like all of our episodes so far have had that device and that mechanic, and I hadn't thought about it that much. Wow. I mean, really, it'd be great if there was some kind of reality incursion thing where they could just simplify by shouting what they already know we're going to do into the space. But in the absence of that, any ideas about what you want to rank today? Maybe, but I think what they also don't realize is that it's a trade. Like, you know, they don't just get this for free. We know something about what is going to happen in the listener's life in exchange for this process. That's the dark magic that makes it happen. I see. It's That's, that's mm. very, very good. So, yeah, as in, yeah, I mean, really the knowledge we have increasingly is exactly how well or not well and in what ways they're going to do in the new society that is going to be made through the list. Oh, is that what you get? I just I just get sort of like mundane things like Jessica's going to have a bad sandwich this week. Mundane? The stakes of that are huge if you're in, if in just any world like my world. God, Chris, a bad I sandwich. Should have ref- I should have referred to the list. I know. Obviously a bad <laughs> sandwich. Any wasted meal is a disaster. Ooh. <laughs> it's like someone stepped on my sandwich. So <laughs> here's some ideas I have. In the ideas to rank list, um, solace, generalization is one I've wanted to do like literally since the podcast started. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, generalization. Well, generalization. You want to do it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. It's time. I, my eyes went right to it. Pinging through the ether like a giant emotion. This lotion, this lotion. Sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion. Rank ideas. Thanks so much, listeners, for listening. I mean, it's in the name, but we still really appreciate it. I'm Chris Andrew, and with me, as always, is Nick Deladovic, and we're on our quest to rank every idea from the human canon in order from best to worst. That's why our podcast is called Rank Ideas. And uh, today we're going to look at generalization. This might be epitomizing specifically the Nick Deladovic part of the uh, podcast in terms of yeah, I don't know, Chris, you you tell me, but I feel like I, of the two of us, I'm the one that really drags us towards this end of what the podcast is. Probably when we started the podcast and had the idea, people were like, oh, this, there's going to be so many funny bits. They're going to be ranking things like, um, you know, uh, I remember there was an early joke about you need to rank the third season of The Simpsons or, you know, like hyper, that the bit would be hyper-specific fun or at the very least sexy ideas. Like, you know, our, don't, our download stats don't lie pornography, that was a high downloaded episode, things like freedom or love or, um, you know, things that are, that people think of the really spicy things. But no, as we know, the ones I get really excited about are ideas like generalization, words that are mundane, literally mundane and boring most of the time, but for me are the absolute rubber hitting the road of how to, how does human thinking work? What are the watermarked insidious things, um, that make up our thought space that we don't even think about. Um, generalization has always been one of the sexiest ideas to me for us to rank. Do you want me to define it uh, or would you have a crack at defining it? Oh, I want to, um, I don't want to just accept everything you just said is true. I, I want to, you know, if, is that why we move on so that you can sort of draw a line under it and. This is uh, why this, this is a great moment of um, 
me uh, trying to enact the thing as, as a setup to defining it and you uh, no-ending the premise brilliantly. What do you think? Yeah, let's keep talking that talk bit. What do you think, Chris? Is- no, I was just going <laughs> to say, ironically, given the, the matter of what's happening, but I was just going to say that um, whilst it may seem like it's a full skew to the Nick Tladovic end of what the podcast is, I think it's also full skew to what I am, which is enabling you to do the things that you like in the podcast. That's all I was going to say, Nick. Remember how it was comment. your idea to do a podcast in the first place? I yeah. do, and I love and I love you for it. Um, cool. So generalization, taking okay. a taking a broad categorization approach to um, thinking and discussing something. Um, take you know uh, talking about things in the world, phenomena in the world by grouping them together into categories of like and acting and positing that you can really understand, that you can properly and deeply understand things by grouping them together into super categories. Um, or just, yeah, to generalize is to say that um, types of people, types of situation, types of sandwich um, can be uh, meaningfully thought about, considered, regarded, um in general, and in general means as at scale as large groups, as large data sets. It's kind of a way of making sense of large data sets, but it's, you know, you could imagine this is, it's overly simple and we will interrogate this, but you can imagine it at one end of a binary where at the other end is really trying to understand and hold the individualized detail and nuance of every specific uh, thing uh, in the universe. So, um, yeah, I really don't know where this one is going to rank. Uh, which is really Neither. fun. That's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's instantly initial, like as you, yeah, as you're talking about it, it's instantly like, oh, is it, this is the archetype of like what um, I think is a shit uh, lens or you know a, a approach. But then you know, as you talk about the other end, like so at the end of the spectrum where it's like you you just make broad brush assessments of everything and presume that they're reality and um, you know use it as the basis of your operating. But then of, of course at the other end, like no one has the processing bandwidth to interact with even small things in their exhaust in their exhaustion. So uh, it kind of is great because without it, you kind of couldn't, it allows you to operate ironically with far more complexity um, than it maybe at first seems because you can take and group concepts. I guess it's just in my first instinct is just, it's going to be ensuring that the application of that process is, uh, not harmful, but uh, sorry, yes. harm, not as in not not impeding your capacity to improve in calibration where you want to, and to accept that, like it needs it needs a degree of self awareness as as well. Yeah, see, in fact, I feel like it's something you see all the time. Just use the sandwich example again. Like, um, you know, someone might be like, "I really love to have a, a cheese and tomato sandwich," and then you know they they've just eaten a, a meal and they and you go somewhere that looks like it's selling a low quality cheese and tomato sandwich and they get it. Cause that's the thing that they know is good. And they're like, Oh, this isn't that good. I don't know. They w- m- yeah. might not even think that it's just something to do. I'm like, well, this is a horrible circumstance. You know, it's, it's, it's a 40 degree day. You walk past the ice cream store to get the cheese and tomato sandwich. You know, this is, this is you need to recalibrate. Yes. Yeah. As you say, the, if the generalization is that cheese and tomato sandwiches are good, well, you need to real, you need to have equipment to realize that you're in a situation where that doesn't hold true. And yeah, yeah, so, so it's interesting. So we're talking about humans as predictive models, predictive engines, like we're, 
what we do is we make we feel like our brain is reacting to stimulus in the moment, but really most of the time our brain is creating a predictive model of what's going to happen and how it'll affect us, and that's how we're navigating the world. Generalization is one of the main heuristic tools of that. Like when we talk about heuristics, the shortcuts that the human brain takes to be able to process the and filtrate the filter, the complex world that we're engaging with, generalizations maybe one of the most automatic ones in terms of being like, okay, can I draw conclusions based on experience? Can I draw conclusions based on similarity? Can I can I detect similarity in this situation to sit other situations that I've been in? And can I use that to make my decision? And um, as your sandwich example uh, denotes, you could that could be that's super useful except when it's not. And I would go further and say that it is always a combination of incredibly useful. It's certainly functional, um, and and probably highly functional in the ways that it is. But it's also always cost laden and limited. It's such. It's an interesting idea because I am so. I hate it so much, and I'm so implicated in it. As in generalizations that I see in the world annoy me nonstop, and then I have fun making generalizations myself. I mean, we talk about. This is a weird one to jump to, but at the moment, um, our current, I think, number two ranked idea, certainly top five, is jokes. And um, the uh, <laughs> I think generalization is kind of uh, one of the hidden, one of the most powerful joke engines. You know, um, it's this is only one way to. Well, it's kind of one of the most powerful everything engines. Yeah, it's a powerful engine. Yeah, jokes is number. Like three. imagine jokes if you didn't have any story or yeah or any of the any of the top things. Yeah, the idea of just being like, yeah, there are trend, there are noticeable trends. I guess this is, this is the thing, right? When so, what I am really warm on is the idea of identifying trends. We haven't ranked trends, but the but the idea of trends, the idea of noticing, just noticing realistically that there are trends uh, in the world, as in things that tend towards often being the case um, in situations. That's a good lens for me. Uh, and then, because what what I see is when you have uh, when people are talking about things like who has power and privilege in the world, when they're talking about things about who who has suffering and a oppressed time in the world, those things can quickly get bogged down into people just reaching for their for the nearest counterexample of which there's all compl- all complexifying nuance, which is always going to be to hand. Um, and I look at that and I go, well, yeah, if you if what you're worried about is someone just saying something with total confidence as a rule, if you want to say that something is like uh, an axiom where it's like, yeah, um, these people in society are always having a bad time and these people are always having a good time, then yeah, you would. I can see you getting stressed about that and wanting to uh, argue the point. Whereas if if you can just relax and say that all is being said is that there are tr- there is a strong trend towards something in society, which is for me should be a much is a much less controversial way of putting it and low stakes and still allows for the complexity, then that's a thing that is. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just a chiller, more calibrative process in general. So I guess the question is: Does a general do generalizations necessarily lead towards people thinking axiomatically, or can you, if you place it on the right bit of the list with the right things above and the right things below, below, which is what we'll do, of course, flawlessly, can you cr- protect a version of generalization where? People are using it in a way where they're like, yeah, we're talking about trends, we're laughing about trends, we're joking about trends, we're using predictive modeling based on trends, uh, but we're not we're not thinking of them as uh, immutable truths. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think I think probably both are true. Like, I think um, 
you know, you could protect a good version, a superior version of it. I mean, obviously you can protect a superior version of it by um, revering other things above it. But at the same time, I think that um, you can't uh, stamp out the the road from general generalization to axiom because, and nor can you stamp out the, like, like a certain, a certain degree of the, uh, sorry, uh, an inordinate degree of the um, usage of generalization is just because of the meat cases that we have to navigate reality. Like we have no, we yes. have no capacity to, to navigate the complexity of anything really. Um, no. And uh, certainly not, not via our senses and brain or whatever, you know, we need, need pretty elaborate constructs to engage with a lot of things. Um, a lot of very basic things that we navigate every day. And without that, life would be, um, I don't know, I just kind of imagine like looking at the matrix screen or something like it's not, it's not, um, it's not good. Um, and so I think that, uh, that the degree to which um, generalization inevitably leads to making broad based assumptions and trading upon those as realities is a reason that's for mine not going to be, it's not going to be in the, top five, et cetera, um, because it has to be protected by uh, a set of calibrative critical tools to be able to um, at least be open to reassessing whatever it is that you've come up with as an idea. Yeah, and, 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 but, but as you say, like, I feel like, you know, we see all the negative generalizations all day um, and they're frustrating, but also we don't, like, there's less interrogation on the utility of the ones that are actually really good. Like, like on the one hand, it might be like... Um, Oh, I can't believe Ayumi is um, is not getting the job done. Japanese people are so hardworking. Like that one's like, like well, okay, that's because see what's happening there. But then you're like, oh, I don't want to go at five o'clock because there's it's peak hour traffic, and you haven't been out there and assessed the situation. But that's probably a pretty useful like shorthand that you can you can bank on. So um, and and any number of infinite other things in both of those classes. So I think uh, it, it's something that's going to happen anyway. So then it's about the calibration. Yeah, as I well said, and yeah, it's um, in terms of, you know, I could go all day with just examples of generalizations that bug me, you know, like obviously if I'm observing the popular discourse and people are talking about, it's like, well, you know, category, categorically women want this in relationships and category men want this in relationships. And I'm just looking at and being like, well, that doesn't even scan among just my anecdotal, anecdotal friendship group or just people I know in the world. Like as in, yes, there are, there are trends there that are, you know, from that come from whatever origin point, but then there's like tons of counter examples to, there's enough counter examples that it, I'm like, it's not even useful as a heuristic. Like it's just constrictive and bad. And then, um, the, you know, I mean, if I'm teaching a wrestling class, uh, which is, a, you know, wrestling's a sport where you have a kind of, you have the, the pin, you have a relative knockout condition that could theoretically happen at every time at any time. So there's that fraught sense of like, uh, an outlier event is always possible, but it's still, I'll be like, look, if you have a trend of good movement and positional control as a wrestler, then, um, generally you're going to be the person who wins more often, you know, even though that, you know, there's going to be statistical outliers. There is, there are predictive measures of control you can put over the situation up to a certain point. And then, you know, just fun, like axioms can be really fun. Like it's hard, it's hard for me to know which are the good and bad ones. Cause like, there are just ones that are fun for me. Like I was just at lunch talking with a friend and we were talking about the phenomenon of that, our, of trusting your subject, subjective taste judgment of certain people's behaviors, because even if without having to have like some huge evidence, like pool of evidence about their long-term behaviors, because anecdotally both of us find that, you know, 
he said it, and I was like, yeah, it's true. Was when like people who sub- who often behave in a way that is subjectively against your tastes will always then prove to also to really do that more and more and a lot <laughs> if you know them for a long time. And you know that's that's a gross generalization, but it felt. It felt fun and satisfying to identify and emboldening of trust in our own like life behaviors. And when my friend said it, I felt really, it felt great and fun to affirm him and to then feel affirmed. So it's a fraught, it's fraught territory. Again, that just comes around to the idea of like, if you're going to be trusting in it at all, you need to have a lot of calibration tools above and below it. And again, just think of it as a trend, like just because something is a, is a, this, you know what term I love, Chris? I love the term rule of thumb, because I feel like the tone and the image of that um, is really well designed for people to understand what it means. If people say, you know, rule of thumb, what people definitely know about rules of thumb is that they're not always right (laughs) because that's why it's a rule of thumb. You know, it's like, yeah, the rule of thumb, like just that kind of, it has a, that phrase has a, has a freezy, as a brisk, uh, brisk, I'm trying to say uh, breezy and frisky um, uh, and I'm getting it backwards. has a breezy and frisky energy that's kind of light. You wear it lightly. You, you know, you put take on the rule of thumb. You wear it as lightly as a cap. You take it off when it's not uh, useful. And that's the version, that's the rule of thumb energy is, the, is where I feel you want generalization to land um, on the list. It does seem like one of these ones where it is just in the meat. Um, so, yeah, uh, the you know, the, that heuristic sorting, you know, pat, part of it's connected just to pattern recognition, right? We're just, it's just uh, a kind of narrative expression of pattern recognition or sorting things into pat, patterns. Pattern recognition is kind of a, is a fraught term, right? Because we, we use that, but what we really mean is, is perceiving things to be patterns, which, you know, uh, is it's more about what our perceptions are doing often than what the reality out there is. That said, you know, there are, there are patterns, there are trends. Um, what else, what else to discuss of it before we, um, start looking at a relative list position? Um, I'm, this isn't something we need to discuss for the idea at all, but just something that came up from what you were saying that, um, I think that that, uh, capacity to, end up, to identify that, uh, your, your generalization, you know, might, might not apply or what, like to wear it as lightly as a cap, you know, it sort of has to come under some sort of level of humility because I think, which I, which I like, um, because the, um, uh, because I was thinking about the example where you said we make a snap assessment about, you know, not enjoying hanging out with someone or whatever it is. And then, you know, making a generalization to be like, I don't think I'm ever going to enjoy hanging out with that person. I think like what's, what's completely coherent about that, that isn't even necessarily a, um, a, you know, lightly worn rule that you have to change is that, um, is that uh, you can come at information from different ways. Um, and that I, I think if you begin by the premise of knowing that you can't sort of, uh, like by the numbers and equations have a, an exhaustive knowledge of how much you're going to enjoy something as a predictive model or, or whatever, then, then it is, you know, there are other systems that you can recruit to get information from the world, including, how do you feel about something like, and that that's a perfectly legitimate mm. way to, to navigate certain spheres as well. Like that's, you know, may, maybe not a good way to, uh, you know, calculate how much tax you owe or whatever. Like, like I th- probably, I don't really feel like paying that much, whatever, you know, like that's obviously a stupid way to do that, but that is an excellent way to do something like, um, you know, cal- like you see, I, I see people apply that sort of, um, you know, uh, 
semantic thinking to whether they're enjoying a relationship or something like that. And mm. uh, you know, and it, it, there's any number of ways you can come up. You could come up with the with a, a not accurate um, representation of your own life to yourself through through those sorts of processes. Uh, and uh, and you know, yeah. potentially you can circle accurate ones as well. It's not really the point. It's just more like you can see how that could get you in 100% the wrong place. And and people use that type of thinking for all sorts of decisions all the time. So um, I think just as, yeah, I think uh, that's another type of thing that we should watch for keeping above it on the list. So not just the calibre of things, but the things that um, at least revere a, a, so not calibrative just in the sort of critical thinking sense, but calibrative in the um, keeping the space for uh enjoying a sort of emotional navigation of of the world, which is, I think, yeah, maybe something we don't really have many uh, uh, explicit tools on the list. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, we have, I, th- I feel like we have explicit fruit, but not the tools, yeah. I do think that's a, that could be a fun one to prioritise for our own enjoyment over the next little while is um, things, because I think we have talked about the celebration of subjectivity. I've talked, I've gotten on my... Uh, high horse about the the you know how few people in public discourses trust in subjectivity as a thing to stand behind and we and it leads to the cringe concept of having to try and engineer a sense of objective argument um, for everything whereas subjectivity is a beautiful wholesome thing to be embraced and in and so many realms it is madness like it leads to universal bad outcomes. Yes, it leads. Yes, the 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 quest for objectivity, um, to for the presentation of objectivity, for the illusion of it, um, it leads to yeah, just the worst thought and the worst discourse outcomes, and so yeah, I think actually thinking about what ideas we can rank to, I think it'll make it even more useful for ranking an idea like this because I do, I can sort of see the absent, I can see how the absence of those ideas is making it hard for me to pin down, um. I'm just looking at the list, hard to to pin down a kind of range for it compared to some others because, and I feel like that's what would really kind of drill it in. Um, we'll still do it and we'll do it flawlessly, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. As I mean, the other thing I was just saying in that conversation with my friend just now, because as it sounds like we were talking about how to navigate situations of having a subjective, um, unpleasant experience of interaction with particular people and they were talking about it in the context of a, of a, of a duty of care space that they're in where they're a facilitator. Um, and I was, and they were talking about their sense of why they might exclude someone from there. And I was just, I was sticking up for them. Obviously easy to do when you're talking to a friend. I was like, look, you are also, you're thinking about the people in your care, but you're also a person who deserves care as a facilitator. If you have a strong sense, like I know, you know, I know this person well enough to know that they are far from on a hair trigger with this stuff and that they're generally, you know, it would, it's, it's only very specific things that are going to tweak them like this. So I was like, look, you can, you can exclude this person from your space that you're facilitating on purely subjective grounds. <laughs> like you don't have to wait and build evidence and of argument. You can just be like my, you can be like, there'll be an exponential difference to my positive outcomes of being in this space. There are other spaces like my space in the world that this person can go to. Um, it's a choice you can just make subjectively. Um, and then, and then dispense, you know, still have, still be responsibly thoughtful about how you employ that decision. But like, you know, these, these things and yeah, it, it the sense of the, and again, going back to generalization, a lot of the time when you're seeing the worst versions of generalization, it's attached to that quest for objectivity. It's people trying to come up with an ironclad watertight sense of argument behind um, 
things like who they do and don't want to, um, you know, uh, interact with in the world, ha- who they do and don't want to put their go outside of their comfort zone for, what they do and don't want to go outside of their comfort zone for, what what they're going to elevate and prioritize above other things. Everyone, again, I say everyone, I'm generalizing, but like, if, you know, you, there's a, a common thread of people feeling that the only way they can do that, at least performatively and pub- publicly to others, is to have an ironclad objective argument for why they're yeah. making the decisions they are, yeah. which is, yeah. which, which, as you say, leads to madness. And again, it would be, it could bring so much, a good mix of both chilling out and also confrontational reality to the discourse space and to people's thought space to just have, to, for everyone to just have to accept and uh, hold up and to the light their subjectivity more. A, because A, subjectivity is often great and needs to be it should just be celebrated. And then also, yeah, when you're really putting your subjective taste out there, honestly, then you might have to confront and unpack some of the things that make up your subjective taste, you know, um, and, and you'll see, be forced see to it exists it. anyway. Like it, it's going to yeah, exist anyway. It just does. Yeah. It just does. You're not going to, and again, you're not going to, not everything is going to be your optimal enjoyment flavor in the world. And like, you can just say that, that, that you, that's enough to be going on to just say that what is, and again, obviously there's a bunch of components that make that up and that can be unpacked and pushed on and also will change. If a human lives long enough, you will change and your subjective, your subjectivity will change. That's all the more reason to be, um, analyzing it, highlighting it, being able to talk about it openly, everyone being able to see it, you know, it's just, yeah, in the, in my arts producing work, when I'm working with artists, just in, again, in a facilitation or kind of mentoring or just kind of resource brokering role, often what I'm doing is kind of, uh, being in charge of like critical sharing spaces where people are putting stuff out there, sharing stuff with each other, you know, their artistic products, their artistic practice, stuff that is quite close to them and their selfhood. So a little bit fraught in ego or care terms. And then people, we're, we're going on the notion that it's good to get critical feedback. And a lot of the model that me and the people at my org use is just about identifying your lens, we call it, but really it's just about identifying your subjectivity. If someone's asking you for critical feedback or that's the situation you find yourself in together, rather than saying, rather than trying to present yourself or think of yourself as, okay, I need to come up with the objectively right feedback. Just start yeah. by saying, well, here's who I am and who I'm coming, where I'm coming from. Here's what I find I usually care about. Here's what I notice and here's what I don't. Let Here's a bunch of reference for that. Now here is my comment. <laughs> and you can put it in that context and judge it in that context. And even um, that's already really that- funny because it's like, particularly in any sort of professional um, environment or, you know, it's 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 like illegitimate to just be like, to say, like, to just assume that someone is just saying the thing that they think r- rather than, like, you know, to have to couch it in, like, look, as, look, this is my lens as a theatre director. I think that um, what you could have done, like, you, you know, like, that's that's not even necessarily what you're seeking in that, in that exchange. But it's, but it, it's, no. it's not it's not seen as legitimate to just be like, I don't like that. Or, like, this would be cool. That's right. I don't, yeah. That's when right. that's a far, you know, in some environments, particularly in creative ones, I think it's a far better way of navigating um and this, way and this thing feeling or quality exactly and if that was the normalized environment it would be I, my feeling is that it'd be better and that you would yeah like everything all this idea of like oh we're putting all this extra framing space we're verbalizing all this extra stuff as i was just describing is is because we're in it we're in a human environment of communication that's in deficit where like there's just a bunch of weird scripts that have it's like paying a toll on the door to a god you don't believe in <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Did you just come up with our first like merch t-shirt uh, premise, Chris? Yeah, like I did. A, That's right, Nick. Yeah. I, I came up with the first. <laughs> ah, rats. Everyone that I've tried. Now Next I've, week I've we'll be ranking make- royalties. <laughs> <laughs> I've been making sketches while we talk of just like a picture of a of a squashed sandwich, um, you know, and I was, <laughs> yeah. But that, but that was your idea too. Cool. Other points, notes, things to broach about this before we take it to the list? Just a final comment that I'm surprised that uh, like when you, when we started thinking about it, when you started talking about it, I was like, oh, this is going to be, this could be a very bottom of all time, but I really think it could be quite up there. Cause it is, it is like, you know, it gives you the capacity to do things you couldn't otherwise do. Like, and it has to exist and it's cool and it's fun and um, you just have to protect the worst of it. So I don't know. Where do you, let's, let's hit the list. Let's hit the list. It's not going to go as high as story, which is at number four at the moment, but it is no comparable way. in terms of like two and it, two, but the thing it has in common is it's a, it's a necessary navigation tool, arguably. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as, it doesn't sell itself as, as essentialist story, but it has a, you know, it has an absolute, it's raw processing power, you know, and it's, well, it's a processing it process. It's a process that um, has so much utility and then it really is about calibrating. So, Going down from the list, so obviously self-awareness is one of the first terms you mentioned in terms of thing you have to have above it. You can listen to the self-awareness episode for all of our takes on that, but it is currently at number six. Um, the I think there's a lot of things going down, like adaptability at number nine has got to be above it. I think rules at number 18, uh, particularly, again, listen to our great episode on that, rules as an understanding of like construction of the, bo- you know, of, of the boundaries and... Um, limits and uh little you know constructs that we make um yes uh you know limits is uh limits is at 14 and rules is at 18 these these to me are really helpful things to have above as is values at 19 just as a thing to understand um i feel like yeah, values absolutely. would be my w- values would be my hard hard ceiling yeah. i do go down t- i do go down into the mid 20s so at 25 we have uh, 25 and 26, we have two very cringy ones, scientific method and true or false, both of which are tool sets, uh, you know, idea sets that you use as tools, which are, you know, very limited really, but um, still are ranking relatively high on the list just because they have pretty clear boundaries and the ideas that they're trying to capture, they capture fairly neatly and accurately um, and are best understood. As long as you understand that, that as you, long as you really understand what they are and what the limits of them are, um, they work quite well. So that's, I could see the argument for having them above generalization and, um, uh, improving generalization. So again, that's kind of 20, that's 25, 26 uh, I'm, area. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I think you think that might think be better. It... I'm not as sold either. Underneath that you have authority and law. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a little cluster of scientific method, true or false. And then under those authority at 27 and law at 28. Um, what's and then it? Immortality 25? Is 25 is scientific method. Oh, sorry. What's, what's, above, what's above that? 24? What's above that? So if you go up from that, uh, scientific method above that is competition. Above that is consistency. Above that is time. Above that is art, selfishness. And then we're back at values. Yeah, cool. Um, definitely, I agree with below values for sure. But I think there's, a, there's kind of a case where scientific method and true or false are sort of uh, specifically useful applications of a type of... Um, thinking that exists above those ideas themselves. Um, sure. And so, yeah. And so, whereas generalization is kind of like the archetype form of 
of that realm and and, and skill set and approach to doing things. And it's a capture of a much more automatic thing that our brains are primed to do, which again is part of the, that's the cost laden thing as well. Like the fact that we're contending with a thing that our brains are are just going to be doing it. But yeah, so I mean, that's somewhere in that zone is the kind of like, you know, in that sort of 10, 10 idea range between like undervalues and down below like laws, like down around law, that's one zone. If I was going to make a big swing for putting it a bunch lower, the other idea, the other idea that I can look at that's pursuant to it, uh, I, do, I don't, yeah, I don't know about this, but hold on, 40, down at 44, so another kind of uh, 20-ish ideas down, you've got playing it cool, which is like the other, um, which which is the uh, a relatively high-ranked idea, which is just about the concept of being able to, you know, uh, l- sit with your in-the-moment initial, perhaps panicky impressions of things and... Um, give it some give it some time and space give your thought process and your observations of things some time and space before you um uh, before you act on your most panic judgments i don't think um yeah like that's the that is the other idea right at the top that i that i could think of as kind of a leaving a leavening idea on generalization um and above that is cause and effect so you've got cause and effect at 43 and playing it cool at 44 so again these are all similar to scientific method and um uh, true or false? These are these are ideas that are giving you a sense of well, cause cause and effect, uh, scientific method, and uh, true and false are all ideas that are kind of like actually no. So scientific method and playing a cool pair because they're both processes of how to go through a, a thinking process, and then cause and effect and true or false are kind of literally ideas you can use as um, navigation tools to decide what your to decide what you're observing and thinking. I think none of them are as good as generalization, maybe. Because, um, I mean, even playing a cool, like, which in itself is a cool, is a better thing, but it is, it's a fruit of generalization. It's, a, you know, it's a blank and it's a fruit of rules. Like, it's a blanket to approach, you know, that, like, because there will be instances where you will be better off served flying off the handle immediately. <laughs> like, um, yes, we, we talked about that very know, specifically yeah. in the episode. We did, we said that in the episode where we ranked it, oh, where we, we were oh, like, we're go. very big on it. It's a, it's a, it's, this is the, I think you're right. Cause this is the epitome of the good way to use generalization, right? Which is to be like, playing it cool is great for all the reasons it's great. Also, it cannot always be the move. Like sometimes you can't wait. Um, sometimes you yeah. can't, sometimes you have to, have to act. You have to trust your judgment and generalization at best is a way to trust your judgment is a way to create trustworthy judgment at the very least is a way to go to say judgment is a thing that you can and must employ to do things and i do i do think it's worth looking at the you know not making choices is is still making a choice and um you know there's and so there's a tendency towards to me towards elevating the idea of making choices the thing and here's something that I that we haven't ranked on its own, but which generalization scans against. One, what what reliably creates better um, processes of generalization, and all the other things we were just talking about, experience, cumulative experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's another thing I can think if we have that ranked above it, long term or ideas pursuant to that subjectivity and experiential ideas. Um, will be super helpful. The thing that we have a lot of in the top 20 is calib- calibration ideas, um, you know, uh, self-awareness, adaptability, limits, creativity, reverence, irreverence, rules, values. These things allow, uh, yeah, story even, these things allow us to 
calibrate, all of these things create a world where, um, when you, when you go to generalize, you, you do it in a spirit of not locking yourself into a permanent position, um, and instead being in a calibration na- navigation, uh, position. So, I mean, those are all the ones that are most important for that will be above it if we put it under values. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's the most important thing. And then this one's been really fun to rank because it's, op- it has opened up suggestions for all kinds of, um, ideas that we can rank that I think are going to be high rankers, at least relative to generalization, which yeah, will be ones that, ones that talk about subjectivity, um, of experience or kind of the semiotic nature of our perceptions and the other ones that you just, yeah, the, I forget what the third one is, but I was just talking about it. So just, just back up a couple of minutes, listener, and, yeah. um, we'll, we'll, uh, also do things in that category, but yeah. Um, so again, looking at you, tell me your thoughts, Chris. So right under, um, values. So it goes values at 19. Then we've got selfishness, art, time, consistency, competition, then it's scientific method. So those are all the other ones that could potentially be above it. Do you think any of those are better than generalization? Selfishness, art underneath that, time, consistency, competition. Imagine if art was exclusively like a pursuit of pure unadulterated truth and there was no accepting it for any other form of expression within it. Like, I think generalization has to go above art. Even that thought experiment is, again, it's like someone stepped on my sandwich. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, what was above art? Selfishness. Yeah, I think that probably Which, should go above it. I'm above thinking so too. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's just so, um, again, it is like, it's it's strong like story. It's not as strong as story, but it's strong like like story. Um, I still think it's fun because it really is suggesting still a lot. Because that puts it in at the new number twenty. But I, it is its very existence is positing a whole other kind of um, continent of ideas on this list that is going to emerge that might really that that might still push it down uh, a chunk. Um, in order to make it its best version of itself. Um, and, um, that's really fun. Like the, uh, sense. And my hunch is I could be really wrong, but my hunch is that it's going to be more ideas that we kind of have to rank as binaries similar to, um, when we ranked reverence and reverence together, um, Mm -hmm. and realized that that was how you had to do it. Um, it'll be interesting when we, when we eventually rank, um, perhaps objectivity and subjectivity as, as a pair, like I've always thought that when we do that, we may have to do them as a pair to most usefully do it, but we can talk that out when we get to that episode. But yeah, it's, I reckon, but it's the, it's since we ranked story, which was one of our early episodes, I think this is the most that one that we've done since then where it's like, okay, this is, um, this, you know, this, this is getting into absolutely. It's just a recognition and a capture of how the human brain works. Again, the idea as itself, as a capture of what it's talking about is really crisp and clean, which is, um, something that we always like in an idea. And then it's, um, it's, yeah, it's contending with it is a real case of having it in the right spot of the list. But in this case, that's a high spot on the list for now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so powerful. Like imagine if just out there, all the generalizing that people are constantly doing today, like imagine how many people hours and, um, you know, imagine how empowered everybody is to do things as a result. Like if you took that away, we'd just be scrambling, um, and a whole bunch of cool things that would get to happen wouldn't happen. But then 
then the challenge is you need to make sure that you've got the those 19 things above it that ensure that you're not uh, the huge gaps that that can open uh, that, that you're yeah. able to at least value covering them. Totally. And again, and all of that really well said. And then the other thing that's been opened up for me today that I hadn't thought about that strongly, even when I'd wanted to do this idea for a lot, is what a connection to fun and enjoyment it has, which again, costs late. And so does other things on the list. We've had like hyperbole, cheating, name calling, jokes. anytime jokes, every time we've ranked these things, you we've had, we've gone, okay, we cannot treat the cost lightly just because it's just because something's fun. Sometimes something being fun, certainly something being sexy, as in like just a compulsively appealing to do, it, sometimes that's a reason why you have to rank something down. And generalization is a sexy idea, um, really like as in it's just, it's it's right there to hand as an option for you to do and it's quite appealing. So I think, yeah, keeping an eye on it, on its spot on the list. I think it's a number 20, but a kind of like, ooh, you're on notice number 20 because yeah, um, yeah. It, it needs to be carefully managed in terms of the balance of ideas, more so than a lot of the others that we've ranked so far. I think it's one of the most kind of like, pro, you know, it's it's got to live on probation eternally. It's got a fuse. Yes, it has a fuse. Well put. I think it's uh, the one nice thing that's opened up for me is, uh, you know, because we're bounded by, obviously, this is, you know, we're navigating this whole experience through language is, is how I feel like there's probably far fewer... Um, handled concepts for, uh, you know, revering feeling and, and, and things like that. Um, then there are examples of, um, you know, the other type of navigating the world, like a a more concrete, um, uh, you know, statistics and, and structures based navigational tools. I think they, by definition will have more, um, Word. So I'm, I'm just interested to see over time how that plays out because, you know, you know, an idea that could be at third, it could, so you could look at the list and be like, oh, there's 20, here's the top 20 ideas. Oh, wow. Interesting. 15 of them fall in this camp. Okay. But the idea that's yeah. third might be, might be, have a weight of value that topples the, all others down immediately. Like, as in, uh, like how many, how many of the, the ideas that are, bet- that are after between jokes and 20, would you, would you gladly sacrifice I mean, all of them to make sure that we may, that we have jokes. That's the very nature of the list. So it's, I'm really interested to yep. see um, how that uh, phenomenon. That's it's just 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 an observation. No, nothing to talk about. It, no, it's, it's that's really good. I hadn't thought about it, Chris. It's a great observation. The idea of just as you say, if if a language, even just the English language, has been put together with a historical emphasis on, because again, it's I I would know uh, off the top of my head how many words from one camp or words from another camp exist in the language, but then in terms of ones that are in common usage and then critically ones that have a positive valence historically versus ones that have a negative valence historically, those ratios are kind of interesting. And I mean, I guess mm. that's why the, maybe I, we have, you know, we, we have done a lot in the list um, to sometimes elevate words that historically have a negative valence and downvote words that historically have a positive valence based on analyzing it. That's kind of almost the funnest thing about the list and the thing that feels like yeah. why the list format's ju- juicy. But um, yes, it's it's such a great point because in the same way, it relates to what I learned early in doing this podcast, which is if you say all the things that you think uh, while discussing it uh, to a listening audience, but you say one thing four times and the other thing once, the audience will take that as as a vote 
uh, as you're as a vote on your as you as not as vote as you modeling your priorities actually if you're discussing this for, f- for six minutes and this just in a fleeting sentence and um they're probably they're probably fairly right to <laughs> as in like it you know the you you might the odds that you're betraying um your zone of attention at least uh, or your subjectivity based on what you're excitedly saying 20 words on versus being like well yes and of course we all think this um it's probably pretty high and that's that was a valuable early lesson for me to learn and think about and so i think the idea of literally thinking well it's not just the ordering it's like what is it, what is appearing on the list at volume which again you know we're just ranking every human idea so that we're in control of that it's interesting to see yeah i'll be thinking about that more now that you've brought it up that's really cool hell yeah speaking of really cool 20. uh <laughs> New number 20 out of 129 ideas currently ranked. I'll, for one, will be looking forward to the next time we record, Chris. And mm. um, and this, and yet again, you know, we'll be one step behind the episode title reading listener in terms of what that will be. If you're an episode title reading listener and you want to offer any feedback on what we think or are saying about the ideas, um, if we get enough, again, we our silent listenership um was less of a thing at the start. We got a bunch of feedback on ideas in our across our first 50 episodes, and that led to us doing an extra roundup, more thoughts on all the ideas as our episode 50. If we got a lot of feedback, we would just do that again, like another roundup. Like we the we would reopen discussion on ideas if you brought us interesting, juicy things to uh, keep discussing or challenges, um, and then you know, and that would give us a chance to. Uh, look at the ranking again and notice, oh, yes, we have actually ranked it perfectly. So uh, please feel free to do that. Otherwise, suggest us to your friends. And in the absence of that, please just uh, send unadulterated praise. Yeah, we like that, actually. Like, Chris and I actually really like that. Yeah, we're the type of people. Uh, it must. Uh, what's, what's, what's your horoscope? I will definitely will not countenance uh, addressing that on a podcast. Which Classic virgin. For, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, for those who want to give me, you know, never sex themed gifts based on that, don't do that. Just send me praise. And Chris. Send him Chris. Emotions, <laughs> lotions, lotions. Sometimes commotions, sometimes no commotion. Rank out.